Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. And I'll just start with whatever's exciting me the most at the time. It could be the middle of the trip. So I kind of go between having a framework and not to take advantage of my momentum and my excitement. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 130. In this episode, I'm joined by Helen DeRam to discuss an approach to album projects that helps her stay inspired from start to finish. Helen is also our keynote speaker at our upcoming Refresh Retreat, which begins September 2nd for members. Hey, Helen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jennifer. It's great to be here. I am looking forward to our conversation because I get to work with you so much behind the scenes, but I want to kind of take things out to the public realm and share more about your process. But can you kick things off by sharing a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Helen DeRam. I'm an IT director by day. I live in Northern Illinois with my husband, Rudy. We've been married for 11 years and together for 10 before that. I have an adult stepson named Kyle. Um, He doesn't live with us. And um, I'm really close with my two sisters, Nancy and Jenny, and we try to get together whenever we can to scrapbook. And when I'm not scrapbooking, I enjoy antiquing and gardening, especially with native plants. Ooh, so fun. Yeah, I, I, I love your overall kind of design sensibility and a lot of the things that you're interested in. Um, you're kind of like a role model for me in that regard because I'm, oh. I'm aspirational when it comes to decor and gardening. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And yeah, and it's also super cool that you have family that scraps with you. That's that's very fun. Yes, we try to, you know, we obviously last year was different and summer is always hard, but we try to get together once a month to scrapbook. We were doing it over Zoom last year, which was uh, which was good. I was glad we were still getting together in that way to scrapbook. So Yeah. So what's one thing that's exciting you in the hobby right now? So I have two things I want to mention. Um, one is a product, and the company is 49 and Market, and they have a line called Vintage Artistry Essentials. And it's just kind of really cool, vintage vibe, which um, I used to do and kind of got away from, but I'm, I really kind of like it. And it's very um, floral, and it has you know a lot of butterflies on it, but it's got that vintage vibe. So it kind of works with 
you know, my gardening stuff when I'm doing layouts about that. And then the other thing, um, I was inspired by the um, photo journey that we're doing right now at Simple Scrapper, and I jumped into Lightroom, the app. <laughs> and um, so I have it on my phone and my husband's phone, and I have um, the desktop version. I also have the classic version, so I still have to figure out my flow. Um, I do love the syncing of photos. Just this past weekend, we did a little trip, and I was able to um, you know, turn my computer on and it synced all the photos from both our phones, which is amazing. Um, it is so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only thing like that I, I have to figure out is I really like in the desktop version where I can search by content, like, you know, flowers or cats or whatever, but you can't print from that version. So, um, cause I want to be able to use that search. So I have to figure out my flow still, but I'm definitely very excited about it. Yes, you know, there are certainly like pros and cons between Lightroom and Lightroom Classic. And, you know, there's certain features in, in one and other features in the other one. And, you know, I actually have both installed right now. And when they first released them, there were there were issues. But I, I find them living harmoniously next to each other. So from that perspective, whatever photos you have synced, you can use the features of Lightroom that are a little bit more intelligent. And that's actually how I did all my facial tagging. And then because the facial tagging in Lightroom Classic is so ridiculously slow and uh, just basically crashes my computer. Um, so there are there are things that we can do to give you best of both worlds. Oh, good. <laughs> Now, I was learn. curious when you mentioned that vintage collection, were you ever really into like Tim Holtz stuff and, and doing tags and all of that? Because I see that aesthetic in the things that you enjoy, but I don't necessarily see that in your scrapbooking today. Right, right. Yes, I was um, definitely into Tim Holtz. Like I still have my distressing because I still haven't <laughs> purchased any of the oxides. Um, but yeah, I was always like, you know, the brown edges and torn edges and it mm -hmm. kind of fit in with, um, you know, a lot of what I was scrapbooking at the time. Um, but I, I still, yeah, I kind of like it and I feel like it's sort of coming back. Like I'm seeing more vintage stuff, um, in products and, and what some people are doing. So, yeah. And maybe it's like, there's. As it's coming back, we're, you know, every, everything when it cycles back, it's modernized. I see that even in the uh, the youth clothing out there. They're, you know, they're taking what we wore in the 90s. And I'm like, this is a little bit cooler than what we wore in the 90s. Right, right. <laughs> and so maybe, yeah. you know, things are, as things come back around and, and, you know, for some that 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 trend never left, but as things come back around, I think we, we see them in new ways and, and find ways of incorporating them into our current style of scrapbooking. Yes. Yeah. It does have a fresher vibe to it. So vintage, fresh vintage. <laughs> yeah. I love that idea. Before we get into today's topic, I wanted to just talk a little bit about stories. So we always love to hear from our guests about their bucket list story. So these are stories that are a little bit more important to you, a little bit deeper. They don't necessarily have to be serious, but they feel compelling that like you really feel like this needs to be told, um, you know, before you quote unquote, kick the bucket. So what's one story on your list? So one that I've been thinking about for a while is um, doing a Seasons of Us 
for my husband, Rudy and I. Um, and to me, it's going to, it's kind of like a timeline thing. It's probably going to be two pages with, you know, a few pictures for each thing and just kind of the different seasons that we've been through. Um, you know, when we were first together, we both had motorcycles and we did a lot of motorcycle trips. And then we started going out West to dude ranches and <laughs> we were doing that. And then, um, he pursued his dream of becoming a fine art photographer and we started doing art shows every summer. And then a few years ago we bought this house and, you know, kind of really got into gardening and all that. So just the different seasons of our relationship and what we've done together. It's been on my list for a while. So I can see it. <laughs> That's so fun. And I love, like, I love hearing about that. Some of the different things that you've, you've done and been involved with over time. So so many memories for sure, I'm sure. Yes, definitely. And that is definitely something that I needed Lightroom for to be able to go back and find all those pictures. Oh, yes, for sure. And, you know, so we've been right now, as of this recording, we're still in our photos journey and we're transitioning towards our projects journey, which will begin in September. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But during photos, I just released the second half of our updated photo crush curriculum. And and part of this experience and what we talk about is obviously the software and do you need some sort of software for managing your photos? And a lot of it ends up being just the ease of looking at things. Because yes, we can see things in folders, but oftentimes you're opening and closing files, sometimes just to see them or to do anything with them. But what the software can add is the ability to flip through images much, much quicker without opening and closing them. Yes, yes. I'm really hoping it's just going to make that process of finding the photos I want quicker. Because, you know, as I'm doing more story type um, layouts or trying to do these bucket list stories, you know, just getting the photos can take much longer <laughs> than it should. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to using the app. Awesome. So today we're going to talk about how how we get projects done. How can we break them down? And you're going to be our keynote speaker at our September refresh retreat talking about travel projects. But today we're going to talk kind of more big picture about how you approach projects. So maybe just start by sharing kind of some of your current preferences. What are the formats and sizes that you're creating in? I still do 12 by 12. I like that size a lot. Um, I also do six by eight and nine by 12 is new, but I am using that. And I'm enjoying it. And then for travel albums, I also do um, like I'll make my own mini albums and sometimes even traveler's notebooks. So I kind of <laughs> kind of run the gamut. Do you when you're trying to decide on what size, what are some of like the questions you're asking yourself? Um, for travel specifically, it's kind of the length of the trip. Um, we were doing a lot of longer, like two week road trips. And for me, that's a 12 by 12 album, sometimes two, <laughs> depending on the number of photos. Um, a smaller thing that I'll use, um, just a traveler's notebook and then some projects like, you know, December daily or week in the life. I like using the six by eight size for that. So it's kind of a, you know, the length of the project and the number of pictures I have and the number of stories I want to tell. Yeah. And I know sometimes for me, it's, it's, it, there's a, 
it's got, it's the balance between all the stuff you mentioned and the uh, creative freshness of it. Like, how excited am I about this new shiny object? Right, <laughs> right. So now I know you love pattern paper, and I'm curious: do all your projects, where we're talking about December daily, weekend live travel projects, whenever you're creating an album, is pattern paper like of always a design focal point for that or is it only sometimes it's most of the time um for december daily and week in the life um maybe a little bit less i will still in december daily i will still um buy you know a pretty christmas pattern paper and get it in there somehow because that's i think that's like my biggest love of, <laughs> of everything is pattern paper so i do try to include it even if it's in a little bit and what do you think you love about pattern paper? I'm curious. Do you have any wallpaper in your house? You know, I, I don't. Mainly because my husband is like, we are never having wallpaper. <laughs> Just because <laughs> of the different times we've had to take it down. Um, I know it's easier these days. But um, I don't know. I just have always loved pattern paper. Like, I will just sit and look through my paper. And that gets me excited to scrapbook. And I, I like trying to find different patterns that go together, or if I'm working in a particular layout, I'll look for a pattern. Um, or maybe it has an icon on it that somehow relates to the story or the photos. I like sort of like subtly <laughs> making those things work together. Um, it's just all about the pretty paper. For sure. And I love that you know that about yourself. I think when we can hone in on the parts that really get us excited, that can help us maybe get out of a creative rut or can even like help us um, make decisions easier. Like if you know, you know, if you're thinking about a travel album that you want pattern paper to be the star, then maybe that's the supply that you choose first. And then you choose the rest of supplies based on what goes with that collection of pattern paper that you're going to use. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Almost <laughs> always. <laughs> so what types of projects maybe this year, you know, in terms of theme or subject matter, have you been working on? Is it just the ones you've mentioned or have you did not done any other types of projects? Well, I do sort of, um, you know, a project live or a yearly album. It's a mix of pocket pages and layouts. And I'm trying to um, work on 2020 get that done in 2021. I'm sort of trying to do them in conjunction. Um, I have a travel album I'm working on. And then also from Simple Scrapper this year, the Before Your Story. So Yay. I'm working on that as well. And I'm curious, okay, with this project framework that I've given you, um, how much has that been different or similar to the way you would approach a project? Or have you tweaked it to make it more fit the way you approach projects? <laughs> um, I'd say it's different, but I like it. I like um, For the Before Your Story because it spans such, or could span such a large amount of time. Mm -hmm. I love that you have a framework for it because I feel like I could get <laughs> really lost in overthinking it. So it's been really good, you know, guideposts for me to kind of like, okay, I'm going to you know, follow it along and, and it'll help me get it done. And it's a really different way for me to do a project, but for this one, it's, it's, it's working out really well. Awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. 
So what's your mindset around finishing? In terms of like, if we take the example of December Daily or Week in the Life where the, you know, the live period, the, the, the subject period of this album is during a certain time, do you want it finished close to that time? Or are you okay with letting it kind of stay unfinished and, and getting it done when, when you can? So for those two in particular, <laughs> I want those done, quote unquote, in season. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they're, I, they're very, to me, like they're, they're very in the time. I want my journaling to be um, in the time, um, usually for December daily by like the end of January. I I'm try to be done with it. Um, you know, I'm kind of, I love Christmas. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But at some point I, you know, I want it to be done and I want to put it away and then wait for it to come around again. Um, and same thing with Week in the Life. That one, I tend to take a little bit longer. Um, you know, I can, I like to document first and then go back through and, and get everything um, journaled and get my designing done. Um, you know, so I might take two months on that. But both of those, they need to be done for me. I can't put them away. And come back to them because I know I won't. It'll be months and months and months before I go back to them. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm curious, what are maybe some of the strategies that you use to make those projects finishable? Is it all like hustle, willpower and dedication? Or are there, do you think there's things that you do that make it that help you make sure that you can finish in season? I do them a little. I mean, they're they're similar, but different. So I try to have a little more structure with them. Um, like with Week in the Life, I'm doing all my documenting and then I'm going through day by day and doing my printing and getting all my printing done. And then I'm, um, I try to do my journaling during the week. I definitely like to have my journaling be during the time. Um, but I have more of a format to get those done. And it is, I won't, I won't put it, I won't stop working on it. I have to just keep working on it. I don't work on anything else. So that's, I think, also part of my process to make sure that I get it done is to not <laughs> to not stop until I finish. So I would say, so during those times of the year, you're like, you're very focused on that one project. Yes. And then the, the rest of the year, do you juggle multiple projects? Because you mentioned several that you've been working on, like... How does that make you feel? And what's the balance that you maybe go for? Yes. Throughout the rest of the year, I do have multiple projects and I like, I like having multiple projects. You know, I like doing pocket pages and layouts. I like going back to an old travel album and working on that and then working on before your story. I, so I like having them. I, they, it doesn't stress me out that they're not quote unquote finished um, I like that I have so many projects that I can pick up and work on at any one time. Um, so, yeah, I, so I don't get too stuck in working on one thing. Um, I like the variety. I love that. And I think that's there's an important lesson there that there's going to be times of the year where you need to focus. And there's other times of the year where the the best thing for you to stay motivated is to have options. Um, and the, the fact that we can do both maybe is what can facilitate even more success and, and knowing, you know, what little mini season you're in at that, that moment. Yes, definitely. 
So how do you manage the plans and maybe kind of story prep for your project as you're getting ready to do to, to do a project? And, and maybe this is primarily not December daily or week in the life because the, that subject matter kind of unfolds before you. But if you, you know, you know you're going to do a trip or you're going to do a certain period of time or a specific, you know, concept album, how would you prepare for it? So, um, for the travel album, what I try to do, I I don't really have (laughs) a laid out plan before me necessarily. I try to prepare the things that for me need preparing and doing ahead of time. Um, like for me, it's the journaling and I like to do my journaling as I'm doing something. So, and I want to record not only what happened and what we did, but also how I felt about it or what were the great parts or some weird thing that happened. Um, And then it's getting all the pictures done. And then I just kind of like to dive in and get started. I, um, I get, I get excited about, you know, just kind of starting scrapbooking and I'll just start with whatever's exciting me the most at the time. It could be the middle of the trip. And I just keep going and, and I use that momentum. And then once I kind of get to a place where I have a certain amount done, I kind of look at what I've done and, and then figure out what still needs to be done and then kind of build more of a a framework and, you know, kind of a list of, okay, here's what's missing. Here's what I still need to do. So I kind of go between having a framework (laughs) and not, and I sort of mix the two together to, to take advantage of, my momentum and my excitement, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, it does. I think that sometimes we can, and, and I say this because I'm guilty of it, you can over plan and never get started. <laughs> so I think it sounds like you like to dive in and, and touch the materials and start working with it to figure out the plan. And then you can maybe improve, uh, then you can maybe have repetition or look for the gaps and then figure out how you're going to then complete the album using, you know, what your, your creative brain has pulled together from all the stuff. Right. Right. I think, yeah, I think there's some, there's a huge benefit in that and not trying to have all the answers before you get started. <laughs> yes. Just having a few <laughs> helps. Yeah. <laughs> so for so many scrapbookers, I always hear about, um, a roadblock of making decisions about what photos to use and then print for a project if you're doing a physical album. Do you do you struggle with that? And you know, how do you make sure that that's not a barrier? I do struggle with that, and I my the best thing for me to do is just, and I I'm not going to say print all the photos. But almost, <laughs> like if it's for a project, <laughs> um, you know, I do some editing, like I'll crop and I'll lighten things. I want, I still want my pictures to look good and that takes time, but I'm not, I try not to think too much about what's going to go on what page and what size it might be. Um, it's just, let's get these edited. Let's get them bulk printed, you know, and usually if I'm doing that many, I'll send them, you know, to Persnickety or somewhere to get them printed and then I get them back. 
And then later, if I think like, oh, I want this in a different size, or, you know, maybe my editing one wasn't so great, I'll then print at home, um, you know, to, for a few photos or, or if, if I missed something. But really, my main thing is not thinking too much about it. And if I print more photos than I'm going to use, I don't have a problem with that. It's just I, I need to get that part done quickly so I can get to the next part because um, I, I don't want that to be my, my bottleneck. And having a stack of photos in front of me is what helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially that's kind of your creative fodder for figuring out how this project is going to come together. Um, so I like that balance between, you know, going ahead, printing probably more than you're going to need, and then still having that flexibility of printing at home. And so that also maybe kind of balances some of the cost out too, because, you know, printing at home could be a little bit more expensive than than mail ordering in bulk. Um, but you're also not, you're, you're doing everything you need to to make sure this project is going to be started and, and move towards being finished too. So I love that. Yes. Yeah. Have the best of both worlds. <laughs> now I'm curious, do you find that the pre-printing works better or is there no difference for pocket pages versus layouts? Pre-printing does work better, <laughs> but I don't always do that push to get all my, you know, for me, it's like, I want to do it all. Like, so I'll, maybe I'll spend a week to get, you know, select six months of photos and get them sent off and printed. But man, that really <laughs> sets me up nicely, you know, for a while. And then I don't have to worry about, you know, every time I sit down, oh, gee, now I need to go through and, you know, select my pictures and print my pictures. And then I've spent my time doing that. So I do like that um, better, but I don't always do it. <laughs> I'm thinking more along the lines of when you're designing a page, so on a, a traditional layout, then you can either use the four by six or you can crop it down. You know, that's why we call it cropping, right? Because we might cut some of those photos down. Um, but with pocket pages, we end up with, if we're printing all in four by six, sometimes those are not going to fit in a three by four pocket, even if you wanted to. So how do you, how do you manage that? And, and I think that's what I was speaking of in terms of ease. Are your projects, um, do they tend more towards layout type pages of whatever size or more pockets? I definitely do both. Um, I, you know, there's kind of that, I heard it, I don't know when, um, you know, if you take the picture horizontally, make it a four by six. If you take the picture in, you know, um, vertically, make it a three by four. So that's kind of like a loose rule. And then can I take um, credit for that idea? Because I know that I've said that. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Take credit for that. Because that was like a genius thing, really, because it's so simple. And so if I, you know, when I don't know, I do that for sure, because I don't often use that pocket page that does have the four by six vertical, you know, if uh -huh. it's going to be a vertical, it's the three by four. And then if maybe, um, you know, I'm really cropping in on something, um, that's small. I'll make it a three by four, but yeah. yeah. Okay. I love that strategy. So let's go with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I know to give you credit. <laughs> well, 
Well, and if somebody else wants to take credit, please let me know. Um, maybe <laughs> I did hear it from someone else, but I, I feel like that I've said that for a number of years. And so yeah, it's an awesome strategy that I definitely use if I am pre-printing in batches and, and trying to make some decisions without knowing exactly where those photos are going to go on a page. Right. Um, that's a, just an easy rule of thumb. Definitely. I think especially for like if you're doing weekly or monthly project life and that's that's your biggest hurdle is figuring out which orientation for which pocket. I think that could be a really helpful strategy. Yep, for sure. So we've talked about a variety of different projects. What do you think are some of the commonalities in your approaches and maybe how are sometimes do you do things very different depending on the project? So I think... Um, you know, I try to document first and then sort of do, um, for, you know, those kinds of projects like December Daily, Week in Life, even, um, you know, a travel album. Um, and for those, you know, some of those, some commonalities are, you know, having that more, um, fresh in the moment journaling, um, where, you know, sort of my yearly album, even though I'm, I'm, I am documenting on my, on an app, you know, journaling, I, because I'm doing it later, you know, I have a different perspective. My journaling is a little bit different. Um, so that's a way that it's different. Um, for some projects, you know, I have a set of products and I use those and maybe just add in a few things. Um, for other things like, you know, just a travel album, I'm just using whatever I have. I don't, you know, like, again, I start with the paper and then kind of pull in things. I don't have a specific kit of products. Um, so those are some of the similarities and differences. When you're starting a travel project, do you go and seek some fun things that are going to be for this project? Or do you are you tending to... You're just kind of gathering items from your stash that you think will work. Um, I definitely <laughs> seek some new fresh things, right? Because that's exciting <laughs> <laughs> to have new product. So I definitely yeah. do that. Um, and then, but I always kind of mix in things that I already have as well. And when you are traveling, do you tend to kind of do that documentation on the road? I do. I definitely do. Um, so I have um, a journal that I bring with me. And sometimes that journal becomes my album and sometimes the journal is the, just the journal <laughs> for reference mm -hmm. for doing a scrapbook later. Oh, I love that. I love that you have the flexibility depending on maybe your creative inspirations, but no matter what, you have some documentation. Yes, that's, that's really the, you know, for me, the, the most important part of the, the, of the trip is the journaling. And it's, it can be hard <laughs> to at the end of the day or the beginning of the next day or whatever it is, you know, I try to really keep close because when you're, you know, when you're on vacation, you're doing stuff. We do anyway, like a, a lot of things in a day. And then by the, the mid the next day, you're like, what did we do yesterday? I don't even remember. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> try to really keep on top of it. Oh, and I, I love the point that you made about, the perspective in your journaling and, and maybe kind of going into a memory making experience with an, an, uh, an awareness of, okay, I really want my 
my journaling and my stories to this to be in the moment, or I want this to be reflective. Now, obviously, when we're talking about past events, we're we're always going to be reflective because I'm thinking particularly of I have this little traveler's notebook I've been working on for a 2001 trip to Paris with my parents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had no documentation from that time. I didn't even... Even if I had any kind of digital device back then, I would have not had that anymore. I don't even know what it would have been like a flip phone, right? Um, and I didn't, I didn't have a journal. And so it's all just reflective of like, here's what I remember and, you know, where this trip fits in the scheme of, of my memories. And sometimes that's what we have. But if we have that just awareness and acknowledgement going forward, we can make better choices about, okay, I need to to document on the road and maybe I need to get this project done quickly after because time does keep marching and very soon it will become a past reflective memory than a current one. (laughs) Right, right. Have you ever had any experiences where you wish you had documented more in the moment or do you feel like maybe that's just one of your strengths is that you, you tend to do that? Um, you know, when I was doing the, or, I am working on the before your story, (laughs) you know, and like you said, you know, even in 2001, we certainly didn't have um, any kind of, you know, phone to document anything and going back even farther, we certainly didn't, Um, you know, so I, and I feel like (laughs) my memory from, you know, teenage years and early adulthood is, you know, (laughs) not so great. And I wish I would have done um, more documenting. And, and, you know, I guess that's easy to say um, when you're looking back. I have some, but I wish I had more <laughs> to fill in yeah. a lot of, you know, the little details. Last month, I was reading some pages from my seventh grade diary, which was <laughs> very scary. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun and probably a little cringeworthy. <laughs> Yes, it was like uh, this boy asked this girl to the dance and oh my gosh, my life is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have um, I have like a big box full of um, <laughs> letters. Like I, I wrote a lot of letters back and forth. My best friend at the time, um, mm-hmm. she lived here and also in New York. So we wrote letters. And so I have all of her letters and, you know, all the notes we passed in class and stuff and I was going through those. And and that actually fills in a lot of what <laughs> was going on, at least from one side. So I love that. I love that. So next month, you're going to be kicking off our refresh retreat with a keynote presentation, as I mentioned. We're talking, go into more details on your travel project experiences and approaches and, and sharing more what they look like. But can you maybe give us a, an overview or some highlights of how you would say you approach travel projects? Yes. So, um, you know, it is that sort of documenting and collecting while you're on the road or while you're traveling. Um, And then when you get back, kind of um, doing a little hustle, right, to get get things sort of set up um, for you so you can get going, Um, you know, printing your photos, selecting, getting that done, and then using that excitement and that that momentum to to get started and and don't feel like you you know necessarily have to have the whole thing figured out like you know I'm going to use this you know layout or this design 
just get started, use your excitement and get going. And then you can kind of make it fit into a framework as, as you have already started. Um, I think it's kind of a balance between having a plan and a framework and, and, and just kind of using your creativity and, and getting pages done and, and, um, and getting it going. So yeah, and I'm sure just really just trying to celebrate the memories of that travel experience. I, you know, whenever I've done these types of projects, I think they're some of the most fun because it really is a reliving of that experience, whether it's, you know, recent or far past. So I definitely love those. And I think a lot of folks maybe have maybe done a little bit more traveling this summer, <laughs> even if it was just to like an Airbnb um, or maybe have those past travels that they still want to document. So I think this will be a fun way to kef- kick off our retreat. Yes, I am looking forward to it. Well, we will also include a couple sample images um, of your your regular projects and your travel projects in the show notes for this episode, because what we can't capture in audio format is just how beautiful your work is. And so I want to make sure our um, all of our listeners get a sense of that. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Can you share where folks can follow you online and, you know, anything else that you are, have coming up in the future? Sure. Um, so I'm really just on Instagram and I'm HDRAM, H-D-E-R-A-M, um, there. And I share some of my pages and my gardening and <laughs> some antiquing. And, um, you know, if you're a Simple Scrapper member, you can see my layouts in the Spark magazine, which I love uh, contributing to. And then uh, the upcoming travel presentation. Yes. And we also must give you credit for being the one that ensures that we give transcripts for all of our episodes. So I hope that those of you who have found that helpful will let us know um, if you're enjoying them. Um, We wanted to both do this for those who um, needed it for accessibility purposes, as well as those who just wanted to have that extra just that extra experience because I've heard from from several listeners who said they really enjoy reading the transcript as they're listening to the episode and they find that adds to the experience. So you can find those transcripts on the show notes page for the episode. So for this episode, that will be simplescrapper.com slash SYW130. Well, thanks so much for spending time with me, Helen. Thank you, Jennifer. It's been so much fun. It's been an honor. Thanks. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. If you like the podcast, you'll love being a member. When you join, you'll get access to weekly Zoom crops, bi-monthly retreats, and a huge content library. You can head over to simplescrapper.com slash membership to learn more and join our creative community.